Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. What a couple of great guests we have for you today. We've got Adam Mills, cycling coach extraordinaire, and Alex Hohen, the new U23 national champion, joining us. Adam, Alex, thanks so much for... Uh, coming on the show yeah thanks for having me thanks for having me yeah so let's start out with the two of you i'd I'd really like to kind of get out of this and just hear how you came up with your plan and your preparation for the u23 championships adam let's start with you sure so uh the u23 national championships is it's a the epitome of, of what i would just say like a a one-day epic race, like right up there with uh, some of the best stuff North America has to offer. Um, and in that regard, you have to be able to ride hard for for four hours or more, like minimum of four hours. And so uh, regarding this, this one-day effort, you know, we were, we were in essence training for a big day that's a hard ride and um and i guess the other component of this is <clears throat> alice's decision making process in the races has to be not flawless because that doesn't really exist but also not not so flawed that it affects his race um and and honestly like we've also just been working towards his really big late season goals which are this tour of utah colorado classic and and now we just had one more added and and i'll let alex talk about that but uh, so we've been doing a, a number of big rides hard efforts early hard efforts late because that seems to be how the the one day races go down and then alex is putting together the, the 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 physical tools are there and that's 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 easy for me as a coach um but the learning process of making good decisions all day long is something that Alex had to learn because he's, he's pretty new into the sport and luckily has a great team and a great director with Mike Creed and the Evolo team to, to help him with like race time strategy and tactics. Alex, your thoughts. Uh, just on preparation uh, for these races, basically what I, I mean, everything Adam had to say was, I mean, spot on. We've been doing really long rides, interval intervals early, intervals late, and uh, it really just uh, comes down to what Adam said, um, race time decisions. Like you got to make those uh, sp- 
split-second decisions to get yourself in breaks, and uh, you have to know not necessarily every single name in the race, but you have to know the big teams and maybe one or two riders on those big teams. And so that to narrow that down, it really makes it easy to look out for who's in those breaks. And so when you get in those breaks, you, you can see, okay, if there's guys from every single big team, this, this break has a, you know, 80% chance of surviving. If it's got one of the big teams and three big teams are left out, you know, maybe 10 to 15% chance just because, you know, the big teams are not going to let that go without them. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, basically all, you know, uh, looking at the rosters, uh, looking at, um, what these big, uh, these other big names in the races have done in previous races is was another part of my preparation for this race. So not only do I train physically, but, uh, I train, uh, and I study, I study the race, which is really important. Uh, to know who these guys are, what they've done in the past, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And essentially, it, it'll help you make a race time decision of whether you can beat them in a sprint or whether you have to drop them and go solo because you know they'll beat you. So that's really, really important as well. So many questions for you, Alex. It really sounds like you went into this with the goal of winning. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is, you know, probably not my uh, most favorite favorite race you know, uh, as far as the climbing goes, cause I'm, I'm more of a climber GC rider. And this was more or less, you know, uh, the, the elite men race came down to a 50 man field sprint. So that kind of gave you a somewhat of an indication of what, how the race was shaping, uh, and how it will shape for most races. And so I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a hard one to win knowing that I can't out sprint you know, seven people here. Uh, so yeah, that was, it, it was a good race though. I was definitely coming into the race wanting to win and we, we did just that. Now, Adam, listening to Alex, I mean, you were saying that he hadn't really been in cycling that long. I'm wondering how, I mean, first of all, he sounds extremely mature for a U23. I'm really thinking about the mental aspect there's no communication going on. He's got to be aware of so many things. How did you work with him to get him mentally prepared for this? So I've known, I've known Alex for a handful of years. Uh, we were introduced um, via a mutual friend um, out of, he lives in Denver, maybe Longmont. Um, his name is Phil Groniger, and he introduced me to, to Alex yeah. and to Alex's family. And, and at the time, Alex was too too young to really be able to kind of participate in the program that, that I was heading at the, at the time. Um, that was the, what Beyond became, what went to become Elevate KHS Cycling now. So I'm, I'm removed from that program, but I still help to get it where it is. Um, the next year, uh, you know, Alex kind of kind of caught my attention with a performance in Tour of the Gila. And so that's when we started getting more involved and uh, I started working with him more closely. But but you're right. He didn't know a whole lot. And so from my perspective, uh, I have to not teach him, uh, you know, if this, then that kind of scenarios, but teach him more strategy. Um, and Alex comes from a hockey background 
And so being coached and having someone explain to you why you're doing what you're doing has always been part of his sporting nature. And, and he's very coachable. So he'll, he'll, I mean, he's, he's young and we've all made bonehead maneuvers and races, but then when you explain it to him, he listens and it makes sense. And then that's it. That's an error you don't see again. And if you do, it's, you know, it's just because he didn't really have much of a choice given the situation. But, um, but that is, that's kind of how we've, we've developed. And I've always challenged him to do things like, Hey, you, you have that start list roster. So let's look up, let's look at the USA cycling race predictor. Uh, and let's look up the top 15 guys and see what they've done. Um, and see what kind of riders they are and, and, you know, go from there. And, and a lot of this stuff, like the radios, you see the riders online, like that, that those are good. They definitely help you. They're more effective at giving you time gaps and telling you like sharp corner coming up or obstruction in the roads, you know, back off or whatever, like from a safety aspect, they're not good at telling you like mark this move right now because the director's in the car. They can't, if you're further back than car three, you can't really see anyway. Um, and you can never see the front of the race because you're behind the, the peloton. So these individual like tactical decisions of, do you go in this breakaway or do you not? Or do you go in the breakaway and see if it could work and then go from there? And that's all stuff Alex has learned and done really well. And, and I'm not the only one helping him. Again, his, his team helps him. And um, the director from there, Mike Creed, has a has has a history of doing fantastic stuff with programs so um, you have to give him a lot of credit also alex it's so refreshing to hear of someone who is so coachable uh it doesn't sound like you let your ego get into the way when you're learning no 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 yeah no i yeah no i i definitely you know, know when I make mistakes and I made plenty of mistakes in cycling and in hockey and, you know, growing up being coached, like Adam said, you know, it has definitely uh, made me know where my place is and know when I've messed up. And Yeah, so no, not at all. So Adam, there are so few Stars and Stripes winners out there. What was it like for you to have Alex approach you and say, you know, Adam, I really want to go into this with the goal of winning. Uh, I mean, and that's, that's the Alex part of that where we get along pretty well is I don't think Alex wanted to admit to himself a hundred percent that it was a winnable race. I think he wanted to stand behind the, I'm training for Utah and Colorado veil a little bit longer. So to give himself the out. And I think, I think he started looking at the rosters and, and, and I talked to him a little bit and his dad probably talked to him and, and his director probably talked to him and, and convinced him like, this is a winnable race. It's very winnable for him. And, and so I think it, it was, is not, not, it wasn't something on the radar on January one, but I think when it got there, he focused really well and just making sure that was a solid day for him. Now, Alex, I want to really hear your description of the race, and I'd love for you to start by telling us what was your mental state when you went into this, uh, feeling a lot of pressure, uh, nervous? What was it like for you? Uh, so I get I get nervous when I get into big races like Nationals, Utah, and Colorado, but 
you know, our director talked to us, you know, a lot through the day and, you know, the evening before and going into it, like we, we just had to, had to race, you know, there was, there was no pressure. I mean, of course there was, there was pressure and people were looking at us and everyone was knowing like, Oh, Hey, if I was there, they're going to, they're going to have to win or they're not going to, you know, they brought so many guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, for me, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. I was, you know, going out there to race my bike and that's what I love to do. And when it comes down to it, you know, you can race your bike and you can do as best you can. You follow the team orders and you get in breaks and you just race. So, I mean, no, there wasn't, an extreme amount of pressure. Now, when I was in the break and the, uh, they stopped the race that, you know, that kind of got a little more tricky. I was like, Oh man, not sure what's going to happen after this. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. you were in a break and they stopped the race. Okay. Yeah. So we were racing for about three hours. Um, I was, our whole team was covering moves, uh, left and right. We were always making sure, uh, Evola guys were in the move and, uh, we were basically racing for a sprint, a sprint, a sprint finish. So we were going to be like, okay guys, you know, you go, you attack. And if you really want to break, you can make it work. You can work, you can make it, you know, you can establish it, but we have two of the best U23 sprinters in the country. We are not, we are totally fine with the field sprint. You know, that was kind of like a bluff going into the race. And so getting into the break finally about maybe two and a half, three hours in, uh, it started raining and you know, everyone races in the rain. It's not bad. We were fine. And then like all of a sudden after the third lap, though, the fourth lap, they stopped the race. They had lightning concerns for the race. They were all around the course and they, yeah, they basically just stopped the race and told us to go back to the start finish and they'll, let us know when we can start again. But by that time it was like monsoon raining. Like it was just dumping rain, lightning everywhere. It was nuts. So the weirdest race I've ever been in. And, uh, they kept pushing it back and back and back, you know, 20 more minutes. We'll make an update. 20 more minutes. We'll make an update. 30 more minutes. We'll make an update. So finally about 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour. I can't remember how long we waited. Uh, but it was a while. And so I was like, man, I wonder how my legs are going to react to this. I've never stopped racing and then raced again. It was almost like a mini double day in a, in a way it was the weirdest thing. And, uh, yeah, there was, you know, eight guys in the break. We went back on the line and they gave us a minute gap going, uh, from the start finish area. And, uh, yeah, well, I won't finish the whole story if you have some more questions, but that was the Oh, I want to hear the whole story. Kind of story. <laughs> okay, all let right. Me, let okay, me jump so. in. I'm going to jump yeah, in yeah. and say the, uh, the, the stoppage time for that race was almost two hours. And that's... Was that's really? Yeah. Wow. Like, according to your power file, it was almost two hours. Man. Yeah, so you know, everyone is tired after that two hour break. Everyone just wants to shut their legs down and, and, uh, you, you have to be mentally, you know, focused and you have to be making sure you eat the right amount of food and what food to eat before the race starts. You can have the biggest advantage going into the second part of the race, I guess you can say. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, so I actually was 
texting Adam during that break, which was really funny. I was like, Adam, are you kidding this? I'm, I'm racing nationals and the, we, we had to stop. And I was texting him about that. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting updates on Twitter or whatever. So it was really funny. And, uh, he was giving the information and he was helping me quite a bit about, um, what to do for eating and, and stuff like that. So, uh, just, you know, the, what, what to eat right before, how much caffeine, how much time before, you know, so that all helped going back into the race. And so we start racing. There's, uh, eight of us, I believe. And two of us are not working anymore because the other guy who was in the, the, the two teammates that were in the break, one of them was doing all the work for his teammate because they believed that, they had the best shot at winning because there was only one Avolo guy in this break of eight instead of the six, seven behind me that would probably do really well if it came down to a field sprint. So they were definitely gunning for the break. And, uh, so it came around the last, you know, I'm, I'm waiting. My director's like, Alex, you got to go soon, man. The team's on the front. They're chasing the break back. Uh, so yeah, they put the team on the front to chase the break back because the odds for us were not great. So that was smart by our team, uh, to essentially pull the break back and go for a field sprint because, you know, it's hard to put all your eggs in one rider, all your, all eggs in one basket. Uh, so they did that. Our break still had a 25, 30 second lead with about 10 K to go. And I was waiting. So I knew the moment I had to attack was this one uphill that I've been reconning day after day before the race. And I was like, this is the spot I have to go. You know, there's no steeper part in the section of this course. And that was about five K to go. And a couple K before that, I put in some big attacks to soften the field up a little, see who can come with me. See who's, see who's, you know, doing okay. And I, I brought it down to three riders. It was me and two other riders and we go up the last climb that I'm like, you know, waiting for. We take turns pulling and I'm at the back and I pick my moment and just hard. Uh, and they couldn't follow the acceleration. One of them was working all day. So I'm sure he was extremely tired. Uh, and the other one wasn't able to hang as well. And so I look back after I turned right up the hill and it kicked up again. And I, so I had to give it another, you know, effort to make sure the gap was really going to stick. Uh, and I looked back and I think I had like eight, nine seconds on them. And, uh, you know, I had one thing I had to do and that was just to time trial all the way home with about 4k to go and never looked back from there. And at what point did you think I've got this? Oh man. So I did not look back with 3k, 2k to go. So I was like, man, they could be right on my tail or they could be way back. And I don't even care at this point. I'm going to go as hard as I can go. And if they can catch me going as hard as I can go, then they deserve to win this race. But if they can't, then, you know, I'm going to leave them and I'm going to drop them hard. So probably my coach was, uh, or sorry, my director was uh, on the radio talking to me about, you know, just really encouraging me, you know, you got this man, you basically just have to go to one K to go. And then it gets, kind of technical for the last eight, 700 meters. And, uh, so probably with one K to go when, uh, it started to get slower and more technical, I took a quick look behind and didn't see anything. And I was like, 
oh my goodness, I got this. I'm going to win this race. So yeah, around 1K to go, I'd say. And what was crossing the line knowing you were the national champion like? Oh, it was, I, I didn't, I was like, no, I did not just win this race. Like, you know, I was so in shock. I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. Did I, did I just win this race? Like, I kept questioning myself. I was like, no way. Like, that did not happen. Like, because this is the biggest result of my career so far. Uh, so, you know, not having many of these, <laughs> like, not having many of these opportunities, or not opportunities, uh, have many of these chances to win, you know, they're, they're so very few. And uh, I was just beyond like stoked to come across knowing that I won and just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it basically. It was just, yeah, pretty crazy. So Adam, you've got uh, some big races coming up with Alex. He's going to be sporting the stars and stripes. How do you get ready for these and what are your goals? So oddly enough, uh, with tour, tour Utah starting next Monday, uh, and with him having to travel in a couple of days to get there in time to do team presentation and media stuff. Um, cause apparently, I guess a lot of people are probably going to want to talk to him now, which makes sense. Um, and then only having three days until Colorado classic starts, you know, a lot of the preparation, uh, for those, those events has already been done. And, uh, nationals was kind of the, the final, um, the final kind of form, form display or form tester, like you could call it, or just final, final push, uh, for these races. And, you know, then he traveled home on Monday or, and then he's kind of just been riding easy enough to, to get recovered, but then hard enough to kind of keep him fresh. And so we're, we're kind of on that soft landing aspect for these next two races and then as far as i know well and then uh and then we have another late late season edition um and so then then the season's over but that's that's coming up now alex you've got some huge events coming up you got to be excited i mean that uh, stars and stripes jersey is going to just be some extra motivation i would think <laughs> yeah absolutely so tell us about your goals for Utah, Colorado, and this end-of-season event. Okay, so uh, we've basically been training for Utah and Colorado for quite some time now. Uh, all this training, all of July, has been for Utah, Nationals, Utah, Colorado. Um, you know, I'm super excited to get to go to this uh, huge race, and, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. But, uh, so this late edition race that I'm talking about is, so I got to, uh, so winning the national championship gave me the option to go to worlds. So I will be representing, uh, the United States at, uh, were the world championships, uh, later in September. And that will be held in Austria, Innsbruck. Okay, I'm speechless. That rarely happens. <laughs> Adam yeah, and Alex, I'm... I mean, what was that like to find out? Well, I, I know the criteria well enough to know that he was going to get asked, but I didn't I didn't want to tell him because I wanted him. I, I didn't think Alex knew because 
you know, you're you're 20 you're 20 years old and you know you want to win U23 championships, but like the idea is so abstract until you put that jersey on that most most riders don't even think, oh, now I get to go to Worlds. And so having USA Cycling ask Alex that, I didn't want to take away that surprise. So um, I left that on purpose for him. So, so sorry, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. I didn't even know when I came across the line, like that was not the first thing I was thinking of was, oh, nice. Now I just get to go to Worlds. <laughs> Who cares? You know, it's so refreshing to hear this relationship that you guys have. I love it. <laughs> oh, yes. Adam is amazing. I, I, I like Adam. <laughs> yeah, well, and let's not uh, let's not forget that we do, like, we all, we have our challenges, you know. Alex is is 20-something years old, and every now and then you have a bad day, and, you know, the first few times you have to remind him like it's not the end of the world like it's just a bad day so go like you know go home like eat some pancakes and just relax because bad days yeah, just... i don't like doing that you know that <laughs> i know but sometimes sometimes recovery days <laughs> are the most important thing in your training schedule so um i know <laughs> he's handled it well and i think alex has a lot of great things remaining in his career I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. He's got all the all the tools you need to go a long way in sport. So it's, it's good to it's good to watch. Alex, I'd love to find out your goals about Utah and Colorado, but we're going to do that in our next show because we're going to be getting daily reports and updates from you from each of those races, and hopefully we can connect with you when you're in Austria as well. Yes, I would love to do all three races. Uh, anything you'd like to add here at the end, Adam? Uh, not, uh, I guess just, uh, one, one last thing about the race. And that's a reminder that, um, Alex had a fantastic ride, but you should never discount that his team helped him a lot, even behind him being able to ride that tempo, the chase back, the break. He's ba- you know, Mike, Mike. Mike Reed's covering Alex from behind, which is really uh, strategically and tactically, that's a big deal to even know how to, to even know how to do that and then to do it. And and I don't know if it if it would have changed the outcome, but it definitely was a was a key component of of him winning. And you know, hats off to to Alex for for his win, and definitely to Mike Creed and all the rest of the Avolo riders. Adam Mills, Alex Hohen, thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Awesome. It was it was a pleasure as well. From the Over the Top Studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 